0: Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binchtown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and Jimmy. And today we're going to be covering the Disney Plus original series, What If? This is going to be episode eight entitled, What If? Ultron 1. And I thought this was definitely one of the stronger installments of the series. We have a very short list of characters and a pretty simple story here. But I think for me, the animation really hit here. And overall, I'm excited to see how this story resolves in part two. You know, we get that breaking of the third wall or the fourth wall, whatever wall it is, where, <laughs> you know, we have a character interaction with Uatu, and that had only happened once before in the in the evil doctor strange episode and we have a call back to evil strange as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. uh so there was a lot going on in this episode with kind of a very small roster of characters but i think the entire episode really did it for me i i think it was a very strong episode
1: yeah so the whole premise of what if is like just a twist in the story right like so this whole show is about like unknown like twists as you're expecting that so the fact that they were able to throw in a twist within the show, within the episode, when all of a sudden Ultron looks around and, and he hears it and he sees him and then he actually attack uh, like attacks the Watcher. That was insane.
2: Yeah, I thought this was a really strong episode. It does exactly what the what-if premise should do. The animation, it being a cartoon and not live action, like the scope, this is it right here, showing us all these multiversal uh almost like a war but it's the watcher versus ultron jumping through different multiverses the the visuals were amazing we only had like four main characters here but they were strong good voice acting good character development for all the characters on there i enjoyed it and i'm ready for part 2 like we said that we thought that there was going to be you know a big throwdown with ultron to finish the season and we were wondering if the watcher was going to intervene We figured he would because it was kind of like teasing us the entire season, and we didn't know if it was going to lead into season two or if he was going to have the finale and intervene. Well, we already got it now, and it looks like he's going to be recruiting some multiversal Avengers there to take on Ultron.
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Do you think he's going to do a recruitment of his crew like montage real quick, and and they're going to go up and have their own like weird Avengers against Ultron in the end? Yeah, I mean...
2: Honestly, we saw the end of episode seven with Party Thor, which was a freaking awesome episode. The ending is the main thing to the storyline. We we talked about how the entire episode was not really anything substantial, but it was just really fun to watch. But the end was very important because you see the Watcher and he's giving his little narration, and then all of a sudden Ultron shows up and he's like, "Holy shit!" So. It looks like it's almost going a little bit all over the place here with eight being chronologically first, then seven, then nine. Because if we're thinking about it in that way, we would think that he, meaning the Watcher, meets with Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange is going to tell him next episode, you know, let's set up a, a squad here. I'm guessing the Watcher showing up at Party Thor's multiverse in Episode 7 is him doing the narration and then being there to recruit him. And then that's why Ultron shows up and he's like, holy shit, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. I don't think with chronological order here.
1: Um, I'm trying to think in the montage of this episode when they showed Ultron just going around destroying. At first, it was all like the big cities and countries, and then it was like planets. I'm, I'm trying to remember... Asgard
2: Asgard's on there, he destroys it. But I mean, that's only for that universe, though.
1: Yeah, true. So I, that's the because thing Because the
2: the point of what they're doing in that montage is showing that he's destroying all of the worlds in that universe. And then he decides that he's done and he completed his mission. He doesn't know what to do. And that's where he's like, OK, wait, 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 I can hear someone talking. And then he sees the watch and realizes there's a multiverse. So party Thor, his multiverse should still be intact.
1: Gotcha. I totally agree with you, but I was just initially thought that they were saying that party Thor's universe was like evil Ultron's universe as well. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make sense because Thor probably died in the. Uh,
2: yeah. Now they the show him or whatever. pretty much game over land there.
1: Okay. In yeah. I got
2: the you. Scenes. That's a little bit of the confusing part to me because in the original. Of the beginning of the episode, we see Hawkeye and Natty. And they're on Natty. the plane, <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> Natty and, ice. Yeah, Natty. And they're on the plane, and then the the nukes go off and everyone dies, pretty much. But then in this multiverse, this universe, they're the only two left again. You know, I mean, it's just weird that it's the two and then the two. But it is supposed to obviously be two different sets of Natty and Clint.
1: So it's technically episode eight, then seven, then nine. Is what we're assuming chronologically. Well,
0: I think that checks out because if his appearance in the Thor episode, he already had the Infinity Stone suit. Then that means that would have had to happen after the events of this episode. And assumedly, we're going to see some completely new and later on material in the next episode. So, Jimmy, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that uh, chronological order. Speaking of the Infinity
1: Stones, while we're talking about Thanos showing up. Speak it, baby. What, what the hell do you guys think about Viz? Well, not Viz. It was Ultron just like destroying Thanos in one second with five Infinity Stones versus this one.
2: Yeah, it was a little bit weird. It was very ironic that they cut him exactly in half. Because that's obviously what he wanted to do with the universe, split it
0: 50-50. Everything balanced as all things should be, yeah. Yeah, so
2: that was pretty funny to me. Um, I did see all over like Twitter and online saying, oh, there was another way to get rid of Thanos, apparently. In our universe, Vision's kind of injured a lot during the fight with Thanos, but... Uh, yeah i mean i some of that kind of stuff does kind of freak me out a little bit and i know they're doing it for like shock value because like hey it's a different universe and we can do whatever the hell we want and just show you guys this and that and we talked about it for a few different things in this show in the prior episodes but yeah i think it was mostly shock value here's thanos cut him in half take the stones and and we're on to the next part of the plot
0: but yeah i i
2: I don't know I yeah. I don't think it should be yeah. that easy but
0: that Paul is what we like to call a writing inconsistency. <laughs> and They just gave us something here that they should not have done. Yep. Yeah, just to Sorry move the plot. It. Yeah, move the plot extremely along. I am more likely to give them a pass on stuff like this in this series. What if? Because it's like a little bit ambiguous. How much of it is exactly canon. And like Jimmy said, they did it for the shock value. I'm sure they were well aware that people were going to be like, Well, why didn't Vision just do that? Yeah. I'm gonna give them a little bit more leash on on nitpicking stuff like this, only in this series. What if? You know, I mean,
2: it could have been so easy to like Just show a quick montage of them fighting and then him somehow winning, even though, again, we would probably argue any fight, and they probably know that. So they're probably just like, let's just get it done quick.
1: I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yo, I want to see this throwdown. But I guess they figured the fight between, you know, the Watcher and Ultron was more worth the screen time. Yeah. Instead. But let's talk yeah. about
2: the elephant in the room here. And I don't know if you guys think the same thing, but I can't take the watcher seriously, man. He's a big bald baby. And I, and I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, deal yeah. with
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Just the abnormally huge head. Like when like he, he just, landed in like New York, like during the fight, his yeah. head was proportionally enormous compared to everybody he doesn't
2: look intimidating at all and he's literally supposed to be one of the strongest people in the multiverse and we kind of see it and maybe we'll get into it a little bit but when they actually fight but it's just i can't take him seriously man i really can't even when he took his robe off and had the cool suit still Mm -hmm. he's still a big old bald baby
1: he had the (laughs) sweetest line though where he was like, you cannot compute my will. I was yeah, like, that okay. was
2: cool. And again, if we want to start nitpicking, I was a little upset that they gave this guy comedy at the end of the episode. I'm like, dude, you don't intervene and you're being forced to intervene because Ultron is coming for you, trying to kill you. You're literally hiding in Doctor Strange's little bubble that you put him in pretty much, or he put himself in and you let him stay there. And you're making jokes like no. <laughs>
0: Did I miss that? What's the joke that he, uh, he said? Dr. Like, Strange
2: says, like, say it. And he's like, oh, you're going to make me say it. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're right, bro. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, nah, yeah. I don't need any of that shit. I believe some precious seconds. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So that was definitely something I wanted to talk about. I think the washer completely fumbled the bag when he knew that Ultron had eradicated all life in the entire universe. He knew that he was just setting, standing there in infinite silence. And he started speaking like like that's got to be some hubris on the part of Uatu. Like he fumbled the bag by making himself present enough to be noticed by Ultron, if you will. I think this episode in a few ways shed light on the fact that the Watcher himself is a flawed being. You know, he is not all powerful, omnipotent, all knowing. Right. Um, And then they also made it a point. For him to admit that he was surprised. He said, I've seen everything that ever could or will happen, and I've never seen this. How can this be? Like he he can't compute how this is something that is escaping his his knowledge.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a really, really cool scene when old Trump oh, yeah, standing there and it's the watcher behind him talking. And then all of a sudden you see his eyes like turn to the corner, and then he's like, What is that? It was freaking awesome. Like, I loved yeah. it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one of the scenes that's going to stick with me. I I just love kind of just watching his eye flicker because it's all zoomed in on his face. And that that takes me back to there. There were several scenes in this episode where the animation team just went off. I think what they were trying to give us in this, it really worked with the animation style.
2: Another perfect thing with this. What if is Ultron? I think with the Infinity Stone is like a freaking awesome villain. You can't really get any better for something like animation style. You know, evil villain, like he just is the man. And you're and you know you're not really gonna have a chance to see that in live action. I mean, I guess they could have went that way if they really wanted, but you know, instead of Thanos, but still, it's just a cool other what if scenario where they actually create this awesome
1: villain out of it. Speaking of villains, what do you guys think about the return of one of our least favorite Germans? Vel, vel, vel. <laughs> hmm. Arnim
2: Zola makes his return, man. And that's that's a little crazy. We've seen him twice and you have to think like I was thinking about this and I was talking to Brian about it and probably you last episode, Paul, too. Do you have to wonder if if when we see people in what if as the voice actors, does that mean we may see them more later in the MCU? We haven't seen Toby Jones in a long time. The actor who is Arnim Zola and by the way, our boy Dobby, the house elf from Harry no Potter. he yeah. played
0: Dobby. Yeah, he is, did. Oh, wow. Amazing. What a resume this guy's working on. Um, yeah. Zola is one of those characters that's, kind of always relevant just because he's so smart and since he downloaded himself to the ai system you know that that can help in a multitude of ways when yeah. is the last time we saw him was that winter soldier that winter they soldier went yeah.
2: yeah unless you count captain carter yeah winter soldier mm. was the was the big one with him and you know because he could be downloaded anytime anywhere he could be in a freaking flash drive like there could be any yeah. time In phase four, five, six, whatever they want to bring him back. And his main thing is him pretty much being in a robot, Android, whatever you want to say. So... That would be a cool villain to have Captain America four with uh, Anthony Mackie. Could it be another one of the random Disney Plus shows? Who knows? But one of our Reddit users that we talked to, he brought that up. And I definitely wanted to talk to you guys about it. And I'm glad that you brought it up first. So, yeah, I mean, we may see him again. It might be just seeing how the fans react to Arnim Zola being back. You have to remember that he's kind of tough because not everyone knows him and he's not like this very easy to recognize. Well, he's easy to recognize because of what he looks <laughs> like and how, and how he, you know, talks and everything. He's very recognizable, but he's not mainstream. So, you know, they may be testing the waters to see if he's worth bringing back as either a main villain, side villain, or just a character. I mean, they, they use him a lot in the comics.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a weird question because like, when you say that, I think back to the, <laughs> Uh, voice actress for the journalist that asked Tony the question yeah. in like Iron Man one and they use the same actress for that yeah so it's like do you think really she's gonna come back in you know some MCU like future or something like that so it's hard to say because I really did go and get almost everybody they could like OG actor to voice actor um, I would hope we see more of him because I think Zola's just a really cool character yeah I mean, he's as old as steve rogers like a little bit older but he actually was comprehending and learning while steve rogers was frozen yeah he's like one of the oldest sentient things i guess in
0: that i thought it
2: was i thought it was really cool how they decided to use him to fight quote-unquote ultron and we'll probably see him again next episode obviously
0: so before this episode were we aware in the mcu that this supercomputer that he was stored on was both at Camp Lehigh and in Siberia. And it remind me of what happened in uh, the Captain America. Did they destroy his Camp Levi computer? Yeah, they
2: did. And the Siberia computer, which, you know, obviously we're in a different universe here when it comes to this episode. But the Siberia computer was literally that scene and location was in Winter Soldier.
1: That's sweet. I love when they carry over stuff like that. Yeah. Did you guys see real quick when Ultron and the watch were fighting, they go into one universe and real quick, you can see in the background that Steve Rogers was like swearing in to be president. Yep. Yep. There is
2: a little bit of a comic thing for that too. But yeah, apparently I read that someone wanted to, one of the writers pitched a thing where they actually do a, what if episode with Steve becoming the president and it being like a kind of like a political episode and they shot it down.
0: And they're like, no, that would be interesting. But yeah, so apparently I heard he pitched it to the Marvel execs as paying like homage to West Wing, which is a very popular show. I watched like the first season of it. It was very good. A a young Rob Lowe. Yeah, I think it would have been a fantastic episode, actually, if they gave it the green light. But he got his little wink to that to that storyline.
2: Yes. And while we're at it, let's do our voice actors. We don't have many, but we have Jeffrey Wright's back as the Watcher. Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Toby Jones, we already talked about him. He's Arnim Zola. Benedict Cumberpatch at the end is Doctor Strange. And then the big one is Ross Markland. He is Red Skull in Endgame and What If? And now he's Ultron as the voice actor. So he was Red Skull in What If? And now he's, he's voicing Ultron. I thought he did great.
1: I thought he was sweet.
0: Yeah, I think it was it was a good one. It's a it's a hard voice to replicate, so I yeah. think he kind of went off the path and made it his own. And once I accepted that it wasn't, I forget that actor's name off the top of my head, but he plays James Robert Spader. California, yeah. James Spader. Yes, um, I, I'm kind of glad he he did his own thing instead because I think it was equally as ominous and dark and a perfect Ultron voice. And you can't
1: match, you know, his Ultron in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. Avengers Two, because right. he was amazing he was perfect um, everything about his voice acting it was incredible so i'm glad he just kind of went i mean this is a different universe too so like he went their own way and especially when you become evil i'm sure you know you take over a different attitude and stuff like that but yeah he did a good job Yeah, and
2: you also are now coming through the Vision body, too, with your voice. And to be honest, for a second, I don't know if it was because I was just seeing Vision, but in my head, I was Mm -hmm. I thought it was almost like a blend of Vision and Ultron's voice together for like the first like minute he starts talking. I was like, did Disney or Marvel actually just like take these voices and mix them kind of like, which would have been freaking sweet, but. A couple other Easter eggs you were uh, talking about in the one multiverse. We have Steve Rogers as president. We also have one showing all the scrolls. They love to bang those scrolls against our head because they are going to be a big thing coming up in phase four. They just want to show us all the scrolls that they can just so it's right there. And we're we're recognizing them. Um, Obviously, the nice homage to Galactus.
1: Yeah, that was cool.
2: It was Ultron doing what he was doing, but with his outfit, it was looking like Galactus and him
1: him just chomping that universe like a like a gumball was insane.
2: Yep, yep. So that was cool. Everyone that blew up on Twitter, Galactus. Natty had Red Guardian Shield when she grabs it from the warehouse. I mean, this episode had a lot of callbacks to the movies. The main one, obviously, is Age of Ultron. But then we have Endgame, Infinity War, Winter Soldier. And there is some Black Widow in there. And you guys haven't seen Black Widow yet, right?
0: Still have not. No, I'm sleeping on it. Maybe I'll watch that tonight.
1: No yeah, problem.
2: It's, I mean, it's, it was good. I enjoyed it. Did you watch it, yeah. Paul?
1: Uh, not... All of it, all the way through. I got like the main premise and parts, though, from Emily. But yeah. Yeah, I did recognize that, you know, it was his shield.
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is Red Guardian's shield, and then Yelena Belova's her quote-unquote sister, and she always makes fun of Natty for doing the pose. She calls her a poser, mm-hmm. and they specifically give her like a second, like pause, when she does her pose. Yep. In, <laughs> in the episode. So there's a nice little callback. But what else do you guys had to talk about? Is there anything else before we
1: I loved how they gave the reverse to Endgame where instead yes. this time Clint went down yeah. instead yes. of Nat and it was showing that you know he would do the same thing. Obviously you got that from Endgame because they went back and forth a million times, but it was cool to see him sacrifice himself. Flip-flop.
2: I will say I was a little bit annoyed, and this is going back to the zombie episode, too. I'm happy that Clint called Natty out for the jokes, man. We we talked about how they're in this dire situation in the zombie episode. Spider-Man's okay to make his jokes, but everyone else is making jokes when they shouldn't be happening. They weren't landing for me with Natasha in this episode, really. I just thought it was a little eh. and but I did like that she was doing it, and then Clint called her out
1: yeah i mean it makes sense when he said like my will to live is like almost at zero i mean it's
2: true man they're the only two left his whole family's dead
1: yeah and he's only doing this for like the sake of the other universe which he obviously has never met it doesn't have any stake in um so i I totally agree i mean i thought nat was trying to lighten the mood but i agree not the time
0: yeah i can see i i think that she that is her way of just keeping the two of them moving. Like if she falls to despair and it's just two people moping around the whole time, nothing's going to get done. She knows that yeah. Clinton is fading after the nuclear codes. Like they made a point for him to say, I think his wife's name is Rachel. He was just like, Oh no, Rachel. Yeah. She didn't lose like any family. I mean, she has people close to her. She would be the one to like try and keep them going. So I didn't have as many quarrels of that in this episode. But, yeah, I did like that Clint told her n- to knock it off. You yeah. know what I mean? If Where he, he didn't was just tell like, her to
2: knock it off, I would have been pissed, like pissed, <laughs> pissed. This I was just like, eh, it yeah. didn't really land for me. It's whatever. But I like that he said it. At
1: the mm-hmm. same time, if she did get like was Mopey, maybe they wouldn't have gotten it through. And she was the reason they found the box when he came. Yeah, off.
2: I mean, that's true. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, 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 it's one thing to be optimistic. It's another thing to be like, hey, how's this shield look on my back? Eh? Like, <laughs> I, I don't need that. I, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Know?
0: I got two quick ones. So the first one is the whole Nat and Clint against the androids in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. That was giving me Trunks and Gohan in Android Saga vibes. It, Anybody know? No? Yeah, no, no, I got it. Yeah. The, the second one is, can we reasonably say that the TVA was stronger or is stronger than Uatu or the Watchers in general? Because we've already seen that the TVA makes light work of all five infinity stones. They're like, yeah, people, we see these all the time. They're paperweights, these infinity stones. Uatu had his hands full fighting this Ultron plus five infinity stones. And you can say it's they're enhanced more than they were with uh, Thanos because it has the android kind of aspect to it. I don't know. I feel like I can't get a good reading on, on the power scales here. but as they laid it out in this episode, I think the assumption is TVA is stronger than the watcher. It's, it's
1: confusing. I was thinking that too. And I was trying to like logically think it through, but at the same time, we almost need Loki season two to figure out what exactly Mm -hmm. happens. Like the TVA, like, where is it? Is it only a space that in there, no other magic uses because that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're able to drag somebody in the TVA outside of the TVA,
2: yeah, I take it like the TVA as an entity is where everything doesn't work and the stones are paperweights, but I I think that I'm taking it a little bit different because I know the comics, and I took it like the Watcher was holding back because he's still technically not intervening. Um, you saw in the beginning, he starts kicking his ass, and then he's kind of, it, it's like one of those kind of fights where you're just kind of, fighting to make sure you don't die, but you're not going to destroy him because it's not your place to do it. I mean, he pretty much says he's not going to intervene. He's trying the entire time not to. And then Ultron keeps following him and attacking him. So I'm taking it more as like he was defending himself. I was happy to see in the very beginning when he does that cool ass line and starts beating the shit out of him. I was like, all right, let's go because that's how it should be. And then Ultron started powering up and doing his thing. And I didn't know if that was him kind of like just defending himself and not killing him because he's not supposed to or or what they want us to think. And then at the end, he's finally like, all right, it's time to intervene. Let me go talk to Dr. Strange, you know, so I, I don't know.
0: But if but if that's true, then it seems as though he's only intervening to the extent that he can put other people in a place to take out Ultron. He's not intervening to take out Ultron himself. Right. Right. OK. I I, I mean,
2: like it was like the whole thing was that he wouldn't intervene when they're trying to find the file. He's literally like. That was yeah. kind of annoying to me a little bit, where he's just in the background be like, No, no, dude, no, it's right there. And yeah. that's fine. Um, he doesn't intervene. But then Ultron's like, I found you, and then attacks mm-hmm. him. So he's not he was never gonna do anything to Ultron. He yeah. was fighting with it. He was like, Oh shit. But he wasn't actually gonna do anything until he was attacked. And that's why I took it that way.
0: Okay i buy that. And is it confirmed that next episode, the, the season finale will be a continuation of this or is it? Just yeah.
2: Yeah. So we okay, will awesome. have a continuation and through the trailers, people are kind of trying to figure out what our multiversal team might be. Obviously mm-hmm. we know Dr. Strange is going to be a part of it. Party Thor, if they're going by the actual continuations of this is going to be freaking hilarious. And I love it. Um, Natasha is still alive yeah. with our James, or not our James Spader. Arnim Zola. Ultron bot talk about T'Challa Star Lord coming back for one more bash and then Captain Carter, of course, you know, bring her back. Um, right. Not sure if there's going to be anybody else, but that's a pretty good team to me. Um, We didn't talk about the fact that uh, Captain Marvel came in really quick, but Ultron took care of her. But again, they wanted to the show. Because you didn't get to listen yet, Brian, to our podcast from last week, but Mm. they did Thor versus Captain Marvel and they really want to show how strong she is. You know, they really do. Yeah. And that was showing how strong she is. Pretty much brought them to the core of the earth. You know, so I think it's going to be a banger of a final episode. I thought this was a great episode to lead into the finale of what if showed exactly what what if can do. I thought as a whole, the season's been pretty good, man. I, I enjoyed it
0: retweet man retweet um if we don't have anything else we need to cover here, I think we're all just looking forward to this season finale. It's been a good season so far. I think we're receiving it very positively here at Binchtown TV. uh So, guys, keep an eye out for our continued coverage of What If? We got one episode left. We're going to definitely be covering the shit out of that one. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on binchtowntv.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else. you may find your podcast once again we are bingetown tv and thanks for listening
1: you cannot compute my will nice nice dude
0: you're listening to the geekscape network